You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday morning, August 15th. Happy birthday, Mom, by the way. Aw. It's my mom's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Andy's mom. We got to celebrate yesterday, which was kind of nice. It is, um, it's live today. We're live. We are it's live. live. We are live. <laughs> we are live because we have studio guest uh, in the studio with us this morning um, because we're going full linguistics. It's back to school time. It so is. So we're going to be students this morning. Yeah. We might even actually have a lesson here in the studio Ooh. because I see textbooks in front of us. So It's yeah. always fun when there's yeah. books in the studio. Speaking of studying and students going back to school, we want to shout out to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. The new students are arriving on campus and getting settled in. So thank you, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour and allowing us to be able to share this with our listeners. We are going to study today. Well, we're going to talk about studying today with Pastor <laughs> Charles Henriksen. He's instructor of online Greek and Latin courses for the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education. He's also pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bontier, Missouri, and Grace Lutheran Church in DeSoto, Missouri. And he probably does about a dozen other things in his spare time as well. <laughs> pastor Henriksen, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. It's good to be back in the studio. It is. Uh, it's good to have some time with you this morning and, and chatting about learning. So tell us this morning... Um, we're talking about online Greek and Latin courses for adults through uh, CCLE, Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education. Uh, when did you first start studying Greek or Latin? I started studying Latin in high school in Chicago at Luther North. And Mr. Nathaniel Grunst was the Latin teacher. And so I started taking Latin then, and it was my favorite subject in high school. And then I also took uh, more Latin at Concordia in River Forest. Professor Charles Freilich, whom you... Yes, he was my professor as well. Yeah, Yeah. he was my professor also for Latin and then later for Greek. Um, So I just took to to these languages like a duck takes to water. (laughs) So uh, it, it turned out very well. And then... At the seminary, I took a little more ecclesiastical Latin, and of course, we're doing Greek every day there. And then I did uh, graduate school uh, at after MDiv. I did STM in exegetical theology, where you're working in the original languages. And then I did PhD work uh, in biblical studies using, in particularly, New Testament Greek. And I was a teaching assistant for Dr. James Veltz, who literally wrote the book on uh, Greek, <laughs> which is the book that I use when I teach online. Uh-huh. So you said ecclesiastical Latin. Is there a difference, or, or is it just like taking Latin a little bit further? Well, a little bit of a difference in pronunciation. Ah. And of course, uh, languages evolve over centuries. Mm-hmm. But if you take the Latin course that I offer, you'll do pretty well at ecclesiastical Latin. Um, so classical Latin, that's the language of like Cicero, mm-hmm. you know, from the um, around the time of Christ. And then ecclesiastical will be more Middle Ages um, and uh, theological Latin. You'll, you'll be able to do that, too. Mm-hmm. So you said pronunciation. What, can you give us an example right, of like, uh, pronunciation differences? All right. We're going to uh, get real deep today. <laughs> well, you know, Veni Vidi Vici, you've heard of that? Uh, in classical, you'd actually say Wayne, and, and it was a classical statement from Julius Caesar. You would say Wayne, Weedy, Weeki. So the um, 
the V, the pronunciation of the V, whether it's a W or a V, the pronunciation of a C, whether a hard C, like a K, or a, in a Vici, or like Gloria in Excelsis. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't say Excelsis, you would say Excelsis in classical. So mm. we're doing classical Latin, but it's very easy to morph into ecclesiastical theological Latin. So how did learning, and we'll talk about Greek in a little bit as well, uh, how did learning Latin serve you as a student, as a pastor, as a teacher? I don't think I, I go a week without ever using Latin. I mean, in as a pastor in theology and doing the liturgy, for example, I mentioned the Gloria in Excelsis, you've got the... Uh, the Sanctus, which means holy, mm -hmm. the Agnus Dei, which means Lamb of God, the Benedictus, which means let us bless. So uh, we're you. I'm as a theologian or a pastor. I'm using Latin all the time. Um, get back to your original question. How does it serve me as a pastor? Yeah. So. Um, uh, to learn theological phrases like, um, oh. Simul justus et peccator. Mm -hmm. You know that one, right? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. At the same time, simul, at the same time, like simultaneous, uh, justus, which means just or righteous, mm -hmm. et and peccator, sinful. Uh, so that's how you understand that. Or lex semper accusat. You know that phrase? The law mm -hmm. always accuses. Yep. That's a familiar phrase in theology. Um, Extra nos. Our salvation is extra nos. Have you ever heard that one? I oh, have, yes. yes. Yeah, outside of us. <laughs> Thanks outside of us, which makes your salvation secure. Or um, one that everyone has probably seen a symbol of, VDMA. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yes. We have it on coffee mugs and T-shirts now. <laughs> VDMA. VDMA. Verbum Domini Manat in Aeternum. The word of the Lord remains or endures into eternity or forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. So we're using Latin uh, in the church and in theology all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you've used certainly uh, Latin quite a bit. It's been, it, it served you well as a pastor. All right. You're also a parent too. Did you ever <laughs> use Latin as a parent as well? How did you use this well, in your home? My daughter, um, uh, let's say, well, let's say we're arguing about food, okay? <laughs> and uh, my favorite line in Latin about that is, de gustibus non est disputandum, which means about tastes, it must not be disputed. Or roughly translated, uh, that's why there's chocolate and vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, my daughter learned Latin, uh -huh. and uh, actually she did quite a lot of work in Latin in, uh, in uh, high school and in college. So it just trains the mind, among other benefits. And as a parent, reflecting on that and helping your, your daughter learn Latin, how, how did that serve her as well? Well, she graduated very high at University of Missouri at St. Louis. Uh, she was classically educated. Um, and you'll see on the achievement scores on, on tests, students who have taken Latin typically score very, very high on, uh, on uh, intelligence tests, uh, verbal ability, just in, uh, in uh, thinking. Mm -hmm. 
it trains your mind to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a, a different, I don't know if I can say better, but a, a very different understanding of language and the way that, that language is put together. And, and that, I mean, that serves you in, in all kinds of ways. Yes. Yeah. And um, usually when I answer the question, why, what is the benefit of Latin? What did it do for you? I say, uh, it was the best thing I ever did for my English vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not only that, you know, with all the English derivatives that we have in English uh, uh, from Latin, but also in understanding how languages work. Yeah. Grammar, syntax, those sort of things, which you don't necessarily get when you're in your own native language. You don't (laughs) notice those things. But when you're working with a very uh, structured language like Latin with inflections and you learn about case usage and uh, uh, verb tense and and so forth, Uh, it really constructs your mind to be able to handle all languages. And it made it so much more easy for me when I then took Hebrew or Greek or something like that, because I already had learned the ropes of how languages work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I've, I've heard in places that once you learn when you start learning multiple languages, they kind of it kind of gets easier in a way, yes. Because your 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 brain is now moldable to kind of understand how different languages work. Because you're right, when we're in our own native language, there's all these rules that we don't even really you know. You don't notice them yeah. <laughs> because we're we're just taught that way, and yeah. our brains already work that way. And what sounds right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. So, so when you learn about you know various cases of nouns and pronouns and adjectives and and uh, subject verb agreement and this sort of thing, uh, you get the ha- hang of how languages work. Right, right. So how does that translate? The, translate. How, to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does that translate to Greek? Then are there similarities between yes. Latin and Greek? Both Latin and Greek are what we call inflected languages that you have the root of the word or the base of the word, and then what happens at the end, so much information is packed into the endings, um, like tense of verbs. Did it happen yesterday or in the future or right now? Um, uh, is it singular or is it plural? Is it with verbs first person I? Is it second person you? Is it third person he, she, it? This sort of thing. Um, all that information, much of it, is packed into the endings. And so you see sentences, you see words, and after a while, it just jumps out to you in various parts of the word. Your eye is trained to see it that way, and you can translate very fast that that way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you, it sounds like you studied Latin first, is that right? I did, and then in high school, and then... Uh, Greek um, after that, yeah, when thinking of going to seminary. Did did it help you in when you studied Greek? Uh, did that foundation that you had in Latin really help you move along? In absolutely, Greek? absolutely. As I said, I already learned how those types of mm-hmm. languages work, and it's just different vocabulary, a few different rules. Um, you know, Latin has the ablative case, uh, and Greek doesn't. So you you learn how things work. What prepositions, which prepositions take which case as the, as their object. This sort of thing. Because I remember Professor Freilich mentioning multiple times in our class that if you studied Latin in high school, this would be much easier for you. I couldn't go back and change that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I well, with these classes that I teach for CCLE. 
if, and you can go to ccle.org and find out uh, how and actually register there. Um, that'll prepare you. And I have had students. I've had over a hundred students. Uh, I've been teaching this these classes now. This will be my, I think, eighth year for Greek and sixth year for Latin. And altogether, I've had over. I did a count last night. Over one hundred students of these classes. Usually I have about 20 in any given year. Um, and I alternate Greek night one week and Latin night the next week. And we're going to learn more about that, how you can enroll in the adult Greek and Latin courses with Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education and Professor Charles Henriksen <laughs> Thank in you. just a moment. You are listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Greek and Latin Monday here with... I'm okay uh, with that. <laughs> we are uh, learning about learning Greek and Latin with Pastor Charles Henriksen. He's instructor of the online Greek and Latin courses for adults with the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education. He's also pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bonterre and Grace Lutheran Church in DeSoto, Missouri. And uh, you've been teaching these courses for CCLE now for some time. Is that right? Yeah. Eight, this will be the eighth year for Greek and the sixth year for Latin. And of course, I've taught Greek at the, you know, when I was doing PhD work at, mm -hmm. uh, at the seminary, and I was a teaching assistant for Jim Veltz, or Jimmy the Greek, as we called him. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I learned at the feet of the master. So we, we've talked a, a bit about Latin, we've talked a bit about uh, learning Greek. Why learn Greek. We've talked about the benefits of learning Latin, how that can yeah. help you academically in a number of ways and in a number of places in, in throughout multiple vocations. What about Greek? What are the benefits well, of and and there we talked about different types of Latin too. Are there different types of Greek to learn? Yes, there are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the Attic Attic Greek of uh, you know Plato and Aristotle, those guys in the in the golden era of Athens. Uh, but by through the process of Hellenization from Alexander the Great on, uh, Greek got spread over the whole Mediterranean and Near East. And so what you have in the New Testament is the international language of, of commerce and culture, which is Koine Greek, Common Greek. Uh, that is the language in which our New Testament is written. And uh, so there's great value in being able to open up a Greek New Testament, which I have in my hand, and being able to just open it up and read it. And you will, the big value, I think, is you will notice things 
that you don't notice in, in an English translation. There are many fine English translations. We typically use the ESV quite a bit in the Missouri Synod, and that's probably the best one overall. But you will still notice things when you can actually look at the Greek um, that you wouldn't notice otherwise. And I've often used the analogy of like, oh, watching a television program in black and white when you only had an antenna and it was fuzzy <laughs> and whatever versus watching it digital, high definition in color. That's like the added value of being able to analyze and look at and appreciate how the Greek, how the New Testament writers write it in Greek. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you a couple examples. Yeah. All right. Take uh, in Matthew or Luke, the account of Christ's temptation in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And you know, what does the devil start out his temptations with? What words? Like with about this turning the stone into the bread. How does he start the temptation? Oh, no, I don't know. If, if that'll be much with if, with the word if, if right? Oh, if. oh yes. Okay. And he says what? If you are the son of God? Ah, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Now, there's different ways in Greek to do an if clause, a oh. conditional clause. What some people might think is that the devil there is denying that Jesus is the son of God. Well, he isn't. He's conceding the fact. Uh, because if he were, and I'm going to use a, a contrary to fact condition right now, if he were doing that, it would come out different in the Greek. But he mm. isn't. He's conceding the fact, okay, God just said at your baptism, you are the son of God. Then why is he treating you this way? He's not denying and saying, if you were the son of God, which you aren't, because the Greek would be different there, and it isn't. That's one example of, of things you notice. Or let's say in the Gloria Next Chelsea, Luke 2, 14, uh, where typically you know that as glory to God in the highest and what? Peace on earth to men of goodwill or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Americans used to think of that as, well, yeah, it's for men of goodwill, people who have a goodwill. But actually, if you look at that, the, the genitive of eudokia, um, it doesn't say whose goodwill. And then if you compare that to Christ's baptism, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's the same Greek root. The idea is out of the source of God's goodwill that we have peace on earth. So you notice that more when you actually look at the Greek. Um, John 1, 14, and, and, um, and the word became flesh and what made his dwelling among us mm -hmm. if you looked at the greek you would see the word there for dwelt among us dwelt is actually a form of the greek verb skenao which is related to, uh, to the hebrew of shakan which is used for the tabernacle mm -hmm. in the old testament so christ tabernacled among us what the tabernacle in the old testament was doing is a type of what now Christ is doing among us. What God did at the tabernacle, he's doing now in the person of Christ in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So those are some examples. One other one, if I may, Acts 2.42, one of my favorite verses, you know, and it says, and they devoted themselves steadfastly to what? To the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. How would you fill out the rest? Do you remember? Breaking of bread mm -hmm. and the prayers. 
the breaking of bread and the prayers. Actually, if you look at the Greek, it says the breaking of the bread. Uh-huh. The breaking of the bread, which leans the sense more towards the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. Because there is a phrase later on about breaking bread in their homes, like having meals together. But the breaking of the bread strongly suggests the Lord's Supper. Also, some translations have the breaking of bread and prayer. But it actually says the prayers, mm -hmm. because these are liturgical Jews who use the Psalms and so forth. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. those are some things you would notice when you actually look at the Greek. I feel like I'm in Bible study right now, and it's great. <laughs> I love this, because there, there's just so much insight you get from knowing that language and, or being able to learn from somebody who knows that language. Uh, because you're right, these translations, I mean, the English translations that we have are, are great, but there's just, you just miss stuff, because you can't you can't literally translate and then be able to read it. And, actually and, and the longer you do it, the more you <laughs> learn what's important and what's not really that important yeah. in translation. Sure, yeah. So yeah. so who takes these CCLE Greek and Latin classes? Who well, would wanna do this? Whether Greek or Latin, and I offer them at three different levels, each language at three different levels. Uh, Latin one or Greek one, we get through the first half of the textbook. Uh, and then in Latin two, Greek two, we get through the second half of the textbook. Now we space this out at a pace that busy people, working people can, can do. We do an hour live session every other week. So it's not too much. Now beyond the live session, you should put in probably two to three hours a week uh, doing the translations, uh, reviewing the drills of vocab and the paradigms and so forth. Uh, so if you just did one hour live session a week, uh, every other week, you're probably not gonna learn it that well. Um, the, the sessions are recorded also so that if you happen to miss a live session, you can still catch it. Um, so we go through the textbook over two years, and then I offer a Latin readings or Greek readings course as well for people who've already had a, a basic uh, a beginner's textbook uh, course. And so in Latin readings, we'll, and I did this last year, uh, we read through some uh, writings of Cicero, for example, in, in with not simplified either, but in the original. Uh, in the Greek readings, we take upcoming uh, scripture texts from the church lessons for the coming Sunday or one of the coming Sundays, and we go through maybe the Holy Gospel and or the epistle for that coming Sunday in the Greek. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you, uh, that's really good too. I have pastors taking either Latin or Greek. So like for the Greek readings course, that's their way to look at one of the upcoming lessons uh, that they're gonna preach on on Sunday. But I have lay people, pastors, deaconesses. I had an SMP student who wasn't required to learn Greek, but he really wanted to, and I encouraged him in that. Uh, for Latin especially, maybe homeschool parents who are trying to teach their kids Latin, so they wanna get ahead of the kid. Uh, <laughs> I've had students in all the time zones of the United States, from the East Coast to Alaska. I've had uh, students from Ireland, from Denmark. So what I do before the start of the classes in September is I survey the registrants because they're coming from different time zones, what are all the possible times that you can make? Usually I've been doing these on Mondays, 
but I've also done them like on a Thursday afternoon if I had a small class and everybody could make a uh, an afternoon session. So I survey the registrants who've actually registered for the course and find out when would you be available, and then I narrow it down. You know, if I have six students and and all of them can do this hour, that's when we do it. Very good. We have just about a minute left. Uh, what do we need to know to register? We're going to need to register for the course online, and we're going to need materials, right? Yes. Uh, the, first of all, register, and then I'll talk to you about the materials. But uh, go to ccle.org. That's the magic potion <laughs> right there, ccle.org. And they have a link to a online adult online Greek and Latin courses. And you can, it says register here. That's what you click to actually register. There's information there. The textbooks I use for Latin is the old standby Wheelox Latin, now in its seventh edition. Uh, and then for Greek, uh, Fundamental Greek Grammar, fourth revised edition, which is the only one in print now, uh, by James Veltz. You can check at CPH or at Amazon. And then eventually you're going to want to know, if you take Greek, a Greek New Testament. But you won't need that the first week or two. Hmm. Very good. Very good. CCLE.org is the website where you can find more information on that. And uh, we'll share the link in the program notes today as well. Mm -hmm. Pastor Charles Henriksen, instructor of online Greek and Latin courses for the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education. He's also pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bonterre, Missouri, and Grace Lutheran Church in DeSoto, Missouri. Pastor Henriksen, thanks so much for the Greek and Latin lesson this morning. Very good. It's good to be back here with you guys. <laughs> You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon.